Sums United. We're doing our streams live stream. We're gonna start off with Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Oh man. We're gonna start off with Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Then we're gonna move on to Need for Speed. I have it set up here. And I got a lot of not a lot, but a medium sized amount of stories. Oh, that's too reclined. So, I spoke too soon. On my last stream, I said, oh, I didn't really see that big of a difference between uh, the Xbox X series and the Xbox One S. But I do see a difference. I went back to a game on the Xbox One S and it was like, it's so slow so laggy. I actually had technical problems with when I first set up the the X series because I put it like way well it was under my router my Wi-Fi router and then uh, I want to go flying I think we've done all the flying Sudden death. So, um, yeah, it was just. Uh, oh, so I set the Xbox X series, you know, behind my other computer, behind, underneath the router, and like there was so much lag, and I'm looking up online, you know, what what do I need to do to get rid of that lag? Because uh, it was like a half second. And uh, yeah, it turned out a lot of people had the problems where they're like, oh, you need to turn off this HDMI setting and then it will work properly. And I was like, Err. getting grumpy. And so then on a hunch, I was like, well, I've actually had problems with other devices where I put it in terms of wireless interference. So I moved, I moved it closer to me and uh, it seems to be working better now. I mean, it is working better. It doesn't seem to be working better. So whatever is over there is like I don't know what it is. It's like an extreme electromagnetic storm. Because even even my uh, wireless keyboard, it's not Bluetooth. It's it's wireless from Logitech. It doesn't work right. So that was one problem solved, and I was like, okay, so the Xbox X series got a lot better once I found the right position for it. And then uh, I had installed all these games on my external hard drive uh, for the S series, 
Okay, I wonder. You know, I wonder if it will like keep those. And so, you know, Microsoft lied. Microsoft lied and people died. Oh, hey, Game Boy. Good to see you. So, when the X series was first announced, they were like, oh, you have to buy the expansion. I'm sorry, I'm trying to focus on my story. Failed. But, like I said, Microsoft lied and people died. So they said, they came up with their expansion slot. It's like super expensive. It's like $200 for, for uh, you know, an SSD. That's two terabytes. And uh, so I was like, I wonder, I wonder if I, you know, connect this old USB 3 drive that I used for the Xbox S series, if that will still work. And it did. And I was like, what? Because one of my holdups was like, I would have to get, you know, a billion dollar, two terabyte, you know, SSD expansion thing. And it's not like a regular SSD. It's their proprietary slot thing. But so yeah, so it worked. And then I found out, I was like, okay, so you can still in install the S series games, which was nice on the external drive. But if you wanted to be a S series or X series, Doing terrible. I'm just gonna take everyone out now. So we're actually playing this game off a USB drive, which is a long story short. And then uh, the other thing, I got a flat tire the other day. Let's 
Can we get everyone? But yeah, so I went to pick up my mom from the airport and I'm driving and uh, all of a sudden, you know, I drive pretty far away from people, but you know, it's like, it was, it was like one in the morning, which is fine because I like staying up late, but um So I'm driving and driving, and then all of a sudden I see this piece of wood, you know. It was just like, you know, not plywood, but particle particle board or something. And it was too late. I, there was a person on my side, so I couldn't avoid it. I went over it. And I said, I really hope I don't get a flat tire from it. Because a lot of times they have nails and everything in it. And... Uh, so I picked up my mom, we went to Del Taco, we waited in line for like an hour, and uh, which wasn't like horrible, but I felt sorry for the people inside, so we get inside, and not inside, but we get to the, the cashier's window, we're in the drive-thru, and uh, no. And uh, there's only one person there. Like, literally, that was it. And I felt sorry for that lady. She was taking orders, then she'd make the food. You know, not, nobody else. No, that don't, man. So, yeah, so that took forever. And so that was like maybe an hour and then so I hit the board about an hour later I picked up my mom then you know an hour in the Del Taco waiting line and then made it home and that was another hour and uh, so we're about 15 minutes from my house and then the tire pressure alarm goes on and we're like oh no so all the other tires were like at like 60 and 80 but the rear tire was at like 30 and we're like uh so we did make it home and then the next day it was like really flat and uh, so we had to return the car it's a rental So it's a rental, but I've been doing, the reason why I've been streaming so much this week is because I've been doing a lot of nature photography and everything. So I had to get a recreational passport. And it's just in Michigan, you get them. You usually can renew them online, but you need to have a car. And the thing that kind of sucks is like, if you don't have a car, you can't uh, get the passport like on your license or anything. 
but but you can get the recreational passport at the state parks so I got I finally got the recreational part because you need cash and I never carry cash so I finally had the cash and then they're like my rental car was out of state uh, license plates and so it was like double it's like ah, oh, even though I'm a resident so I got the pass and then uh, I didn't stick it in the car because it's a rental car and I wanted to put it in the next car I got so and it's for the year and uh, so I put it in and everything and then we got the flat tire a week later which is uh, a couple days ago and I clean out the car, we return it, and uh, my mom and I are driving away, and all of a sudden I realize, oh, I forgot my recreational pass in the in the front uh, windshield because I didn't glue it on; it was just sitting there. So that was like, uh, and like I was like, we got to go back for it. I say we had to go back for it because, like I said, it was out of an out of state pass. Even though I live in the state, but my license plate was out of state. And, uh... And, uh... So, instead of it being, like... I think it was, like, would have been $14 if I had had state license plates. But it ended up being $39. So, I was like, I am getting that recreational pass back. I'm holding on to that thing for dear life for the year. And uh, so I go back, but they're already closed. And uh, so we ran into one of the workers on the way out. And she was like, oh, I'll leave a note for them for tomorrow, which is today. You know, you can come back and pick it up. So I went back and I found the same lady. And then she was like, what are you looking for? I was like, oh, you know, I left some left the recreational pass and, and the car I've returned and so before I went into the car rental place I had actually found the car it was still in the parking lot where I parked it and I looked in the wheel sh windshield and I took a picture of it and the recreational pass was right there uh, and it was just it was a whole ordeal because I was like well we returned it last night because you know it had a flat tire and so then they're like oh what number did you park it at and I was like well it's 32 and then she, she kept looking there's no 32 and so it ends up she heard me say 30 and so then I was like no no 32 and she's like oh and it was still nothing on on the key rack they have all the keys and I was like well it, we brought it back because it needs repairs and then she was like, she didn't quite understand which is weird because when we called she said we had to bring it in the day before so it was like at her direction we brought the car in but uh so so they can't find the keys can't find the keys and then the lady's like oh you know go you know take a picture of the license plate and uh number of the car so this car 
They had us. Oh, that was cool, but I didn't mean to do that. So then she's like, oh, go take a picture of, you know, the barcode on it. And so I had to walk back to the car. But the car is at the very end of, like, the dealership thing, the rental place. Because it's in the spot for where cars are supposed to, you know, get repaired. So I'm walking. And, like, of course this is, like, the hottest, most humid day ever. And, uh... I get there, then I can't find the serial code, but I ended up finding uh, some stuff that was like written in white, uh, in white marker. And I was like, okay, I'll take a picture of that, and then I take a picture of the license plate. And so I go back, and then she's like, oh, okay, I'll punch it in. And so she put in the code, and she was like, oh, it looks like uh, the key. This car is scheduled to be have maintenance. And I was like, yes, yes it is. That's why we brought it, because it had a flat tire. And I was like, uh, if they listened to me from the start. And so then they had a special bin for cars that needed maintenance. And then it was funny, because she's like, oh, what kind of maintenance does it need? And she's like, maybe it needs an oil change. And I was like, no, 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 it needed, it had a flat tire. So we had actually called triple a and they put the spare on so it was fine driving but they just said they had to have it back they can't have it driving on the road other than a spare so that was too funny and then uh, earlier in the day i did some cityscape stuff i'm working with this camera that does uh I'm working with this camera. It's kind of interesting because it's a it's a telescope. Uh, it's like a robotic one, so you can aim it at the sky, and then it figures out what star it's looking at, and then you can tell it, you know, go to this, go to that. It's called the Dwarf Two. Uh, but so I got it for astrophotography, but I also got it because it can do wildlife photography. But then it can also do um, panoramas. And so what it does is it's, it's a telephoto. It's like it's close to 800 millimeters. So that is, you know, you know, very zoomed in quite a bit. Um, and uh, so it will take, you know, a grid of photos and it, it's motorized so it will look left 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 and then down and then it goes does kind of like an s pattern taking as many photos as you want so i have it do a grid of 29 by 29 and so that ends up being around 800 ish photos and so i when i first did that it uh it works with the iPad and phone app. And so when I first did it, 
uh, it couldn't generate the panorama, but I downloaded the photos. Like I said, there's uh, there was like 800 of them, and I was like, oh, you know, Photoshop will just, you know, it can do the panorama because there is a little bit of overlap, and I was like, this is going to be impressive. But every time Photoshop failed, it couldn't do the automated panorama. So then I was like, okay, I'll, I ended up having to write a Python script uh, that uh, combined all the all the photos together. It just put them next to each other in the right order. And so what the Python script does is it just kind of appends a photo. So it goes like row one and then it's, it goes like photo two, three, four, five, six, and then like it goes all the way up to 29. And then it starts another file and does the 29 that way. So it does it, um, it does it column by column first and then it combines all the all the rows together. And so, um, it's, it was 1080p, uh, the photos, and so there's like 800 1080p photos, and, uh, my computer just ran out of memory, and, uh, so it couldn't do it, and so I had to, I figured out if I scaled it down, all 800 photos to 720p, then it could do it. And so you might say, oh, you know, stitching together 720p photos, that's not that great. Uh, normally I agree, but there's 800 of them being, you know, put together. So once all 800 were put together, it was about 480 megapixels total. So that's like, it was a huge file. Now if, if I didn't do like a 29 by 29 grid, then I could have used, you know, 1080, the full 1080p. It was just, because there's 800 of them, it got too big. A lot of the Python imaging stuff, like PIL, uh, Python imaging library, they don't like, like they'll do really, large you know megapixels i've done scaling with like 200 and, and 300 but uh the python lab libraries for whatever reason have it are like suspicious they're like are you trying to ddos this computer by throwing so many megapixels at it so that's kind of one of the reasons why i was having a hissy fit with such a large uh, megapixel, such a high megapixel count. So I did that, but then there was like double doubles around the edges because there was some overlap. I thought I punched him. So then, um, da, 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 Python imaging. Oh, so then there's, uh, 
So there was double around the edges because when it takes a photo, it takes a little overlap so that if it stitches, you know, incorrectly, there's some wiggle room, you know, for formatting. So that wasn't right, you know, it didn't look good at all. But I thought maybe if, you know, if I came up with like a, a basic image of what I wanted, I could get Photoshop to stitch the original photos on top of it and blend them uh, using content-aware fill, but it, it still didn't work. Uh, so then I figured out a way that I can get Python to crop each image, so each individual image uh, it crops and I have it set to where you know, I can say okay you know use only 90% of the image and the actual number for the first ones that looked like it worked well was like you have to use 95% of the image so it cuts off you know a thin border uh, that 5% it cuts off and then it, it puts them together you know all the way around <sighs> And so that, doing that, it worked. But I was like, man, if I didn't know how to do image processing in Python, I would have been out of luck. Cause there was no, I looked all over the internet for like a stitching program and none of them were kind of adequate for what I need. They're okay for like five or six photos, but they needed a large amount of overlappage. And I didn't have that much large, it was just the border. And then uh, a lot of them couldn't handle, you know, 800, photo 800 small photos.
So yeah, so that was stitching. So I got that working. And then today I went, uh, I went around Ann Arbor and took photos of uh, U of M Stadium. And so I mounted the telescope to the car. And it's a little thing, it's only like that big. And uh, I put it on the roof and then I control it through my iPad. And so I just sit there and wait. And it takes, it takes 26 minutes to do a 29 by 29 grid of photos. So it's just waiting and waiting. I have a Modern Warfare on my phone. I would play that a little bit. I'd be in, I'd have like a kick stream up and be watching that. That was dramatic.
backseat driver. Whoops. I'm used to Halo Infinite or Infinity or Or the other bumper is the grapple. And then, uh, so I took photos of the city. I would drive up to like the top of, top of parking structures, and and you can imagine if you're taking a bunch of photos, you know, one at a time, they have to be stacked together. There can't be any movement in your subject, so that's why I was doing the uh, like buildings, cityscapes, cement stuff, structures, not so much trees. So that was the goal. And then I also got to eat at this restaurant that had a gluten-free cinnamon bun. Every time my family and I go to IKEA, they're like, oh, get the cinnamon bun pack. I'm always kind of like slightly jealous, but this restaurant has gluten-free cinnamon buns. But 
I actually went there on Easter and they gave me one that wasn't gluten-free and I died. It was so painful. So painful. Because essentially my intestines are like ripping themselves to pieces because they think the gluten is like some kind of infectious agent. Yes, that was last time. So then I ate there uh, by myself, and it was fine. They gave me the gluten-free one this time because the reaction takes about you know two hours. So it's like I wish the reaction would be faster, you know, instantly. So you stop eating the food, and it's like, oh, this has gluten, but it's like, oh, you ate it. And it's been two hours, so it's way in your digestive system. And you can't get it out. And it it was bad, because uh, that time, when I, when I accidentally ate the gluten, I had just had my colonoscopy, like, it was like one or two days before. And so I couldn't take any pain stuff. I couldn't take uh, Tylenol or uh, Advil, which is ibuprofen. And so already my intestines hurted, were hurted, uh, were in pain from the colonoscopy. But they don't know we're here yet. Yeah, so I was sore, I was in pain. I couldn't take Alka Seltzer, which usually helps with the intestinal pain. And so it was like a full week of like having kind of a gluten meltdown. It's like, it's not just the intestines, like my head will start to feel like it's gonna explode, or I can like feel my heartbeat in my head, sometimes I get twitchy. I like literally feel a twitch in my cheek. But yeah, no, so this time there was no reaction. So that was good. Can you imagine how boring it is? You have to be on patrol in a spacesuit. You have nowhere to go to the restroom. And they just leave you around. It's like, yeah, we we'll might be back in five hours to pick you up. If you don't drift away.
can take my eyes off her for one second. She goes flying away. This is their stuff. Oh. <laughs> no, whoops. I was playing something the other day. I think it was the new Modern Warfare. Same as the old one. 
Gonna float here. All stations be advised, one one is in. Moving on the objective. Anyway, it was like, I was not only killed by a grenade, I was killed by my All own grenade. I hit the same button. It's my fault. kind of a sad story but I've been doing this thing with machine learning for voice synthesis so I got a pretty good like voice clone of my own voice and I'm gonna use it for doing like audiobook narrations and I have a a podcast project I'm gonna be working on that I want to have my own voice as an AI And, uh, so I've tried several kind of, they're like algorithms, different formats for, you know, calculating how to synthesize a voice. And, uh, it takes a long time. It takes about a month of processing that's like with uh, the processing is done on graphics cards specifically Nvidia's CUDA CUDA course and uh, yeah so it takes like a month and what it does is it kind of tries a bunch of like, random stuff and then it has you know your recording of it has my recording of my voice and then it has the text of what I've read. So like I would read, you know, you know, the grass is green. And so it would know that audio file is me saying the grass is green. So it's a whole bunch of super, super short audio files uh, with the corresponding text. And so it tries to create its own thing and it says, okay, does, didn't the formula I just create sound like someone saying, uh, you know the grass is green and 
and it says, ah, it kind of sounds like it, so it knows it's getting closer, or it knows that it's getting way off. So, every 100,000 steps, it, it saves a checkpoint, but then it also, uh, it knows when it's really close, so it has this thing that it, it saves the best model, which is like the best uh, parameters. So it's like, you know, the checkpoint 200,000 is really good, but 2001 is like very close to perfection. And then we'll keep going. It goes to like 3,000, 300,000 steps. And, you know, 3,500 might be a better, mo might be the best model after that. So you never quite know when it's going to be done, but you know when it's past done. So it will get to a point where it's gotten as close as it can to synthesizing your voice. Uh, but then uh, it will kind of get to a point where it can't figure out anything better. So it starts to make really bad data and then it sounds less and less like your voice. And then it doesn't even sound like you're speaking any language. It's just guttural sounds. But the thing that was surprising to me is that it had my same kind of... Not only did the voice sound like mine, it sounded like how I talk with my weird, uh, you know, pausing and stuttering and stuff like that. It had that kind of built in. So it wasn't just... You know, it wasn't just sounding like the voice, it was also sounding like... Um, my intonations and everything. And so the sad thing is, I had a really good model that I liked, and then I've been doing, you know, experiments with, not experiments, but I've been researching what other people have been using to do uh, voice cloning. And, uh, everyone was recommending this one and I heard the final you know the final versions and I was like that sounds so much sounds you know really natural and so I spent another month I have to rent out servers not servers but a single server to do it and uh, so after about a month It, it got to like, it was like 500,000 steps, and it, I mean like it's, it, it could talk, it didn't really sound like me too much, and it sounded like there was a layer of fuzz in the audio, so that was like, oh, I wasted a month a month not working on the project because I'm waiting for the voice synthesis model and then a uh, and then the money to you know rent the server so I, was like, oh, I should have just stayed with the one that I was happy with instead of trying to chase something that might have been better because with the machine learning you never know you know what the final output is going to be a lot of it is trying to figure out 
a lot of it is trying to figure out, you know, how it can be you know, more and more accurate and more reliable. But you don't really know what the maximum reliability is going to be until you kind of get there. And you don't know, there's no, it's not like a progress bar where you can find it. You have to constantly testing it and testing it and, and everything. And then, like I said, there, you don't know how long it's going to take, but you're going to know when you went too far because it's going to start getting, it's going to get really, really accurate. And then it's going to start, you know, freaking out and, and the data is not going to make any sense. I will be right back. Uh, I think we'll switch games too, so I'll be back.
I'm back. I got new missions. figure out where I'm going. dealership. That's the race dealership. My dog is complaining. Drift. Drag racing. driving. One of the things I'm kind of working on, uh, I had bought this uh, sound font, I think it's called. It's an SFZ pack, but it's it's a sample pack of, uh, of a Steinway piano, which is like Steinway and Sons pianos are like, if you can get one, you get one. They're huge, and uh, they they are grand pianos, not baby grand. 
but I found a sample pack and so what they do is they you know record each key and then it actually has two uh, sets of recording so they record each key and uh, the pedals and stuff but then uh, they also have an ambient one so they record it far away from the piano and close up to the piano so you can choose what kind of you know synthesized sound you want and then so, but what's the good thing about it is it's not it's not synthesized it's actual audio files so it's more realistic and so essentially when you press the key on the keyboard it plays the audio file at the right volume and, and everything based on how you you know play the keyboard and, and stuff and the piano keyboard and so I used this one called podium and it was fine but there was a bit of a lag so when I would you know make music it would be like always I had to focus on not listening to what it was doing and just kind of like remember how to play my song but I uh, I finally said you know what I'm not doing podium anymore there's a free version I use the free version uh, but then I found out there was a paid version but it looks like it hasn't been updated in like decades like it was still for like Windows 7 and I was like uh, I don't feel comfortable paying, you know, $50 and then it ends up, oh, the type of hardware you can take advantage of no longer exists. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I did some research and I found this one thing by like Cakewalk and it was nice. It took me like, I didn't even have to watch it. I watched a tutorial on uh, which which audio studio to download, but like I didn't really even have to uh, watch a tutorial on how to install my plugins and stuff. It was so simple. With Podium, it was beyond hard, beyond hard. So I'm gonna start making music again. I'm gonna redo some of my classical music because I think it's gonna be a lot better this time. It was okay before. I used to do these uh, classical graphs, which is I would have uh, photography and classical music uh, playing together. So I'm gonna kind of redo that. Uh, we'll see. It's really going to be a question of how easy is it to, you know, convert my MIDI files because I have, I have a huge collection of, of MIDI music, like huge. It's over two gigs, of MIDI files. MIDI files are like text documents. They're not very big. to find the hard drive they're on. I think I know which hard drive they're on. I have like notes on what's on each hard drive. But it's 
kind of owe it to do thing. Inch-sufficient funds. Oh, I need some bucks. Gonna go make some money. And it's so stupid because I'm doing it this way because I have to sell the car. I have to sell my other car, but I can't sell it, I don't think, unless I have another car class. Of the same class. We should really only have to do one. I only needed like six thousand. drive past it I sure did I'm just cruising around
<laughs> Go home, thumbs, you're drunk. Oh, I think this was the issue. Oh, no, that wasn't the issue. A shorter one. I got a mile to do it. That was disastrous. That's why you don't race. because we're here. I need the money.
I'm nervous now that I took the bet. I win the bet. Didn't win the bet. You lose. Ugh. Dreadful.
having technical difficulties. Try this with my eyes closed. I'd say I'm on fire.
down. Watch out for Mac. Balls are drying out, but that reminded me of the story. So, I've, I've been having a lot of issues the past three years, health-wise. But one of them was I was having a lot of vision problems. So, like, I would, you know, sit in front of the computer like I am now, and like I could barely read the text on the screen. But if I then went outside, I like couldn't focus. My eyes would be like stuck at the same kind of focal length as the as the monitor and so it'd be really hard to get them to you know you know focus further on so that was obnoxious and then uh, I'm telling I made a new appointment with a new eye doctor I go there I go in and the person is like oh I'll take you back so she takes me back she does the thing where they puff the air in your eye and, you know, they calibrate their machine on your eye and everything. I'm like, this is going fast. And so then she does all that. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice. And then she does the actual prescription. And I was like, wait a second. So she literally did everything. She wasn't the doctor. She was like a nurse assistant. And I was like, why, why do I even need to see the doctor if you're doing everything? But so then she finishes, she gives me a new prescription, and I was like, You guys gotta unionize. Mainly because, you know, uh, my old eye doctor, like, did everything old school. You know, there wasn't, he didn't have any assistance or anything. But I mean, in terms of old, old school, like, he didn't even do the eye, uh, puff test thing for glaucoma I think it is like he had this special instrument and dye that he had to like tap your eyeball he did by hand that was scary and so then she's like oh you probably have dry eyes or something or you're having an allergic reaction that's why my eyes kind of lost the ability to focus so then uh yeah, so then finally, they're like, oh, wait in this room, the doctor will come see you. So then the eye doctor comes in, you know, really late, and they're looking all up in my eyeball and everything, and my eyes are dilated. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just get this allergy medicine. And it was just over-the-counter stuff, but it helped at the time. But the pricing was ridiculous. Just because, you know, it's like, I think it was like $20 for a bottle and the bottle's like that big. And it's like, it only has 60 drops. So like, trying to save the bucks and not miss a drop. That didn't work out well. 
Our car is now busted down. or something. I don't remember. so glad the damage isn't like permanent like it is in the other Need for Speed games.
I went way past. I think just cruising. Just cruising around. choices in that turn. He jinxed me. Nice. 
I think it was over there. That's some random person. I am over here. Bye-bye.